reaching out to quite a few people. A lot of people have been, have been tuning in to Facebook Live, and so we thank the Lord for that opportunity. We want to help and reach as many people as we can. And so God has made these uh, tools available to us, so we welcome everybody today. Joshua chapter 3, I have a word today that I feel God directed me to, dropped it in my spirit, and I know this, I know that when I deliver a word, it's not for everybody at that time. I wish I could do that. I wish I had the ability to make it fit everybody all the time, but I know it might not. And so maybe today uh, this won't be your word, but it'll be somebody's word. And somebody, I promise you, needs this word. And even if you don't need it at this moment, hold on to it. (laughs) Hold on to it. Uh, Because I'm certain if you live long enough, you will. You will. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, if you, if you live long enough, say, you will, you will. Yeah. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. I'm I'm going to center in on a couple of thoughts today. I want to direct your attention back to the first verse. It says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from this place, came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, say, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. That's what we're going to talk about. Father, we thank you today for the word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord. There's power in your Word. There's power to save. There's power to heal. There's power to deliver. You sent your Word and healed us and delivered us. Holy Spirit, open our hearts to receive all that you have for us. I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my heart and my mind and my mouth. For these next few minutes, Lord, use me for your glory to be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. The word lodge is used in this sentence to speak of a short amount of time. Specifically, according to the scripture, three days. And the Bible says, and it came to pass after three days. Everybody say, after three days. days. Say, short time. time. Say, a short period of time. time. So there was a short three-day lodging just before they crossed over the Jordan into their promised land. But if we were to take this same scripture and apply it to many of God's people today, it would read differently. It would read something like this. And Joshua and the children of Israel rose up early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children, and lodged there before they passed over. And it would say something like this. And it would say, and they got stuck there and never passed over. Or it would say this, and they got stuck there and still haven't passed over. Or it would say, and they got stuck there, and there they are till this day. (laughs) I'm talking to some people today 
who have a promise from God, a word from God. I talked about that a little bit in this service this morning, the earlier part of the Sunday school class. A place, a, a promotion, a place God has spoken to us about a place of, of joy unspeakable and full of glory, a place of great anointing, a place of, of power, a place of provision, a place of great revelation and manifestation. In other words, a promise that God has spoken to us about and a fulfillment that we're waiting on. The place where our word is fulfilled, that's what we're waiting on. A place where our dreams become reality and you're walking in the full manifestation of that promise and that destiny. Yes, you have a word. Look at somebody say, I got a word. word. Yes, you have a word. You have that word either by a prophetic utterance, by the mouth of a man or a woman of God, or by the written word of God, or by the revelation of God's word to your spirit. However it came, it is a prophecy and it prophesies to you of the greater glory that God has ordained and prepared for your life. But I'm speaking to people today, many that are listening to me today, uh, maybe by way of Facebook or a podcast, but you got stuck. You, you were on your way to a promise. You were on your way to the breakthrough. You were on your way to the miracle. You were on your way to the provision. You were on your way to that place of destiny, but you got stuck. Maybe even like David, you would have to say that I got stuck in the miry clay. Maybe you just got stuck in traditions. Maybe you're missing the greater glory because you refuse to believe that God could be bigger than his last move. Or maybe you got stuck in self-pity. Maybe someone said something to hurt your feelings and you got passed over or your gifts and your talents weren't recognized and they weren't appreciated like you thought they should have been. Or maybe, my friend, life just knocked the breath out of you and knocked your feet out from under you and you just got stuck and you haven't been able to get back up and you haven't been able to move past it. Or maybe you were offended. Maybe you were treated wrong by somebody. Somebody treated you wrong. They stabbed you in the back. They lied on you and now your heart is full of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and you're stuck. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm coming out of this. Say, I'm coming out of this. Now listen, friend, you didn't plan on getting stuck. You didn't plan on getting stuck. The scripture says they rose up early in the morning. You didn't plan on getting stuck here. You were even up early in the morning. In other words, you were passionate for God. You were hungry for God. You were hungry for His presence. You couldn't wait for church time. You were the first ones there waiting on the pastor. You were there like the, like the, the, the commercial for the mall. Open, open, open at 4.30 in the morning. And you were the first one there. And you were the last one to leave. But now you're stuck. My friend, you're stuck. And now it's a choice to read your Bible and prayer is a hardship and you drag into church 10 and 15 minutes late and you just put up with the praise and worship and you endure the preaching and you can't wait till church is over so you can beat the Baptist to the buffet. (laughs) You're stuck. Paul said you did run well. You started out good. You were, you were making good progress. And then he asked the question, who has hindered you? You did run well. What did you allow to come in and drag you down? 
What did you allow? What have you allowed to come in and dull your senses and steal your hunger and your passion for God? What did you allow to come in and break your stride? What has become more important to you than the presence of God? Oh, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift your hands and thank you for His presence right now. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your anointing today, God. Your presence is more precious to me than anything, God. I praise you today. I praise you today. What is the price you put on your destiny? What was it, what is it that is valuable enough to you that you would choose to forfeit the word of promise over your life? I'm speaking to people today, some people I know, chosen by God, called people, anointed by God, men and women, boys and girls, with a destiny over your life, but you're stuck. And the danger of being stuck is, when you get stuck, you quit moving. And when you quit moving, you start dying. I don't care what's happened in your life. What I mean when I say I don't care is I mean it doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter how bad, how negative, how painful it was or how painful it is. You've got to keep moving. Look at your neighbor. Shake their hand real good and say, neighbor, you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep moving. You might not feel like it, but you've got to keep moving. You might not feel like praising, but you've got to keep moving. You might not feel like going to church, but you've got to keep moving. You might not feel like dancing, but you've got to keep your feet moving. you just got to keep moving. So I don't feel like it, but i got to keep moving. Tell your neighbors that i got to keep moving. i got to keep moving. You've got to keep praying. You've got to keep reading your Bible, but you don't feel like it. You say, I read my Bible, but I don't feel nothing. So what? You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep believing for better days. Paul said, forgetting the things which are behind me, I reach forth unto those things which are before, and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul said this. He said, I'm letting go of the past. I'm letting it go so I can move on. I'm letting it go so I can move on with God. Paul understood this. It does not matter what happened yesterday. I've got to let it go. I've got to let it go. I've got to let go of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've got to let it go so I can move on with God. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm moving on. Oh, some of you today are stuck in the mud. The mud represents a place you shouldn't be. The mud represents unpleasant situations. The mud represents abnormal situations, circumstances. Some are hearing my voice today are stuck in unpleasant conditions, unpleasant circumstances, abnormal circumstances. Places and situations you shouldn't be in. Relationships that aren't right. Are not normal. Homosexual relationships. Lesbian relationships. Fornication. Shacking up. Stuck in an adulterous relationship. A place where you shouldn't be. A place, everybody say shouldn't be. A place where you shouldn't be. Some are stuck in the mud of pornography. 
You've got a lot of people fooled. They think you're all right because you look good on the outside, but you're stuck. Somebody else is stuck in drug addiction and it's killing you and it's poisoning your life. And when you get stuck in the mud, friend, listen to me. When you get stuck in the mud, the devil wants you to believe it's over. That's what the devil wants you to believe. When you get stuck, he wants you to believe it's over. He'll try to paint the picture so black that you won't even have the courage to lift up your head. But I came into this house to preach. No, I came to prophesy and to tell you that help is on the way and help is close by and help is within reach. I want you to touch two or three neighbors around you and tell them, say, neighbor, help is on the way. Say, help is within reach. Now tell them all you've got to do is ask for it. See, God is waiting for you to ask for it. You've got to ask for it. You've got to ask for help. Not mama's help. Oh, friend, mama can do so much. Daddy can do so much. The government can do so much. But the help you need is not the government. And the help you need is not mama. And the help you need is not daddy. But the help you need is God. I'm looking to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who is the maker of heaven. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm not against the government. You know that. I'm not against their programs for helping people. Not against 12-step anger management, drug court, marriage counseling. I'm for anything to help people. But you need more than what man can do. You need more than anger management. You need more than major than marriage counseling. You need more than a drug court. You need more than a personal shrink who can figure out your sexual orientation. In fact, now they're trying to make it illegal to even have somebody try to help you navigate through those confusing places. But you need to lift up your eyes to the hills. For where your help comes from. Because your help comes from God. Your help comes from God. Somebody said, But pastor, you don't understand. This thing is so strong. It's impossible. I can't break it. Friend, listen to me. It may be too strong for you. But it's not too strong for God. It may be too strong for you, but it's not too strong for God. That David had the same feeling. He said he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me. For they were too strong for me. Yes, they were too strong for me. But when I cried out to God, God came on the scene and God can do anything. Everybody say, God can do it. God can handle it. I love this. It doesn't matter how dirty your situation is. It doesn't matter how deep you're stuck. It doesn't matter how long you've been stuck. Help is here. Help is here. The same spirit, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is here right now in this house. That same power, so Rabbi, if you believe it, I want you to lift your hands and pray in this house. If you believe that power is here, if you believe
That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is here today. Woo, that same power, that same anointing. Oh, you're coming out of this. Look at your neighbor and I want you to shake their hand real good and say, neighbor, say you're coming out of this. Come on, tell them, tell them, I prophesy to you, you're coming out of this. You're coming out of this. You're coming out of this. I want to prophesy to somebody watching by Facebook right now. I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like. I don't care what the devil's telling you. I came to tell you as a man of God that God is greater than any sickness. And God is greater than any disease. And God is greater than any attack from hell. And God is reaching in. And if you'll reach back up, God will pull you out. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This is the day. He said, in that day. Everybody say, this is the day. He said, in that day, and that day is this day, his burden shall be taken off thy shoulders. His yoke from off of thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed. Because of the anointing. That's what it's about. It's the anointing. The anointing destroys the yoke. What is the anointing? The anointing is the burden removing yoke destroying power of God. When you give your life to Jesus, Satan's rights to your life are terminated. When you give your life to Jesus, you are delivered from Satan's dominion. When you give your life to Jesus, you are delivered from Satan's kingdom of darkness and bondage and oppression. And you are translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, where righteousness, peace, and joy rule. Even though we're in the new kingdom, even though we have a new master, even though he has delivered us, from that power and from that dominion, Satan never gives up without a fight. And he will try to hold on in any area of your life that he can. But you're coming out. Oh, you're coming out. Somebody here today, if you're honest with yourself and honest with God, You know that there's an area of your life where you're stuck. (laughs) You know there's an area of your life where you're not making progress. Something has got you held up. Something has got you tangled up. Something is holding you back. You're not moving on with God. I don't know what that issue is. I'm not here to point it all out and point you out and call you out and tell you this is your issue, this is your problem, this is the situation. I'm not, but I'm telling you what? I'm telling you the Holy Spirit knows. And I'm telling you He wants to deliver us from every bondage. He wants to deliver us from every heartache. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of things that can cause you to get stuck. You can get stuck in fear. You can get stuck in anxiety. You can get stuck in worry and stress, depression, discouragement. You can get stuck in anger. 
I knew a guy one time that had was he was a church person, going to church faithfully. But he had held a grudge against somebody and told me that he did for over 30 years. He had been in church and he held this grudge against this person. And I told that person, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, you haven't grown one iota in God in 30 years. Because your progress with God stopped when you got stuck in unforgiveness. Your progress with God stopped the day you allowed unforgiveness to take root in your life. And you may have been in church. You may have been going through the motions for 30 years. You may have been shouting at the right time. You may have been clapping your hands at the right time. You may have even been crying at the right time, laughing at the right time. But if you've got bitterness and resentment and anger and unforgiveness in your heart, you have not grown one tiny bit, not one iota in 30 years. Because you're stuck. <laughs> Maybe you're stuck in addictions. Maybe you're stuck in lust. Maybe you're stuck in sickness. Weakness. It doesn't matter what the name is that you put on it. We're talking about it's not natural. It's not natural for the child of God. Everybody say, not natural for the child of God. You understand what I'm saying? It's not natural for the child of God. That's why I call it the mud. It's unnatural circumstances. It's not normal. We don't live in the mud. You get stuck in the mud sometimes, but you don't live in the mud. You're not supposed to live in the mud. Only the pigs live around the mud. We're not supposed to live in the mud. We're supposed to come out of the mud. We're supposed to get to the Father's house and get all cleaned up. Hallelujah. And so when you get in the mud, it is abnormal for a child of God. But I feel something in this house. I feel an anointing for Holy Ghost extraction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hand straight up and say, Lord, I'm ready for a Holy Ghost extraction. And I'm not talking about your teeth either. Hallelujah. David said he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. Oh, I feel an anointing in this house. I'm the love of Shaka. I feel a Holy Ghost extracting anointing. Let me tell you something. There was a man of God. His name was Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. Jeremiah was a mighty man of God. He was a true prophet. He was not one of those smooth-tongued, silvery prophets that would prophesy smooth things and tell people everything they wanted to hear to make them feel good. But he would boldly prophesy what thus saith the Lord, even if it was not popular. And because he was a bold prophet, and because he would not, uh, not delude it, and he would not compromise, he ended up in a pit. Oh, don't expect everybody going to love you. Everybody going to like you. Everybody going to pat you on the back if you tell the truth. 
If you tell the truth, some people ain't going to like you. If you tell the, tell the truth, now, I'm not talking about beating people over the head with truth. Somebody says, well, if you're doing this, you're going to go to hell. You're going to burn for a million years. I'm just telling you this because I love you and I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> it may be the truth. What you're saying may be the truth. But that's not the way you bring people to the Lord. When guy one time he's talking to to these two different preachers, you know, this one preacher is preaching and he's preaching about hell. He got the preaching about hell and he made the altar call and nobody came. No, not one single person came. Nothing. Another night, this guy's back in the church and this other preacher's preaching. And then he's preaching and he brought in the subject of hell. He got through preaching, he made the altar call, and the altar's filled up. And he, one man was looking, and he said, I don't understand that. He said, what was the difference? What was the difference? Well, the difference was, one man preached about hell, like he knew it was real, and believed it was real, and he, and he wanted everybody to go there. He said, the other, the other man preached about hell. He preached like he didn't want nobody to go there. That's what made the difference. They both told the truth. We've got to tell the truth. There is a world that is dying and going to hell. Whether we want to admit it, whether we, whether we, we want to try to soft soap and pretend like there's no, there's, 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 there's a spirit in the age that wants to try to convince people, even church people, there's no such thing as hell. Somebody wrote a book not long ago, and it's a very good book, it's called Erasing Hell. And it's talking about how that in this day and hour we live in, there's such a strong move of doctrine, false doctrine going across the land to try to take hell out of our theology, take hell out of the Bible, take hell out of God's Word. But you can't do it. You can't do it. We've got to tell people. We've got to warn people. We've got to let them know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. This is not a preacher's imagination. This is not something some preacher dreamed up so that they get, get people to the, to the altar. This is God. This is the mercy of God that wants to save people from going to a devil's hell. Hell was not created for mankind. Hell was created for the devil and all of his rebellious angels with him, all his rebellious demons. Hell was created for the devil. But man is pushing his way into hell through his rebellion and because he's rejecting the love of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jeremiah preached the truth he was a pure prophet and because he was bold enough to proclaim the truth he was thrown into a pit and the Bible says there was no water in it but it was filled with mire and that word mire means a stretch of swampy or boggy ground mud the dictionary defines mud as a situation or state of difficulty, distress, or embarrassment from which it is hard to extricate oneself. 
Have you ever been stuck in the mud? Literally. Have you ever been stuck in the mud? Have you ever had your car sink down into the mud? Have you ever had your feet sink down into the mud? Have you ever been in a situation in a physical sense with the mud where it was hard to get yourself out of? Understanding today, I realize there are some issues and conditions that are harder than others. The prophet Jeremiah found himself in a miry pit, stuck in the mud, and it looked like he was going to die there. But Abedmelech, the king's eunuch, went to the king and interceded for Jeremiah. Is anybody glad somebody interceded for him? Oh my God, I could stop right there and preach for a while. Somebody prayed for me. It might have been your grandma. It might have been your grandpa. It might have been the person you worked with on the job. It might have been your cousin, your niece, your nephew. But somebody prayed for you. And you're in the kingdom today because somebody prayed for you. And now it is your spiritual responsibility to pray other people into the kingdom. He interceded for Jeremiah. And Abimelech means the king's servant. And so the king sent Abimelech, his servant, with 30 men. Everybody say 30 men. 30 men. Say not three. Not three. Not five. Not five. Not 20. Not 20. But 30. 30. 30 men. I want you to keep that in your mind. He sent Abimelech to the pit with 30 men. And let me stop there to say again that I know there are some issues and conditions and circumstances in life that are harder to get out of than others. I understand that. And very possibly, follow with me now, very possibly two men probably could not have got Jeremiah out of that pit. He was stuck in the mud. He was in the mire. And he was in a pit. And very possibly, even five or ten men couldn't have been able to pull him out of the mud. Oh, come on, lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands. Throw your hands in the air and thank Him right now. Thank Him right now. Come on, put your hands in the air and bless Him right now. And cultivate this atmosphere. I feel God is doing something. I feel God is... Come on, come on, lift your hands and bless Him. Lift your hands and praise Him. Lift your hands and praise Him because He didn't leave you there. Lift your hands and praise Him because you're here today. Oh, you're here today because somebody prayed for you. Woo! You could have died in that pit, but somebody prayed for you. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Now listen, listen. Listen. Very possibly, even five or ten men... Strong men wouldn't have been able to pull Jeremiah out of that muddy pit. But the king would not be embarrassed. I feel that. I said the king would not be embarrassed. So he didn't send two men. And he didn't send five men. And he didn't send 10 men, but he sent 30 men. 
What are you trying to tell me, preacher? I'm trying to tell you right now that King Jesus will not be embarrassed. There's not a pit deep enough or dark enough. There's not a bondage of addiction or a yoke strong enough to resist the power of God. The king did not send just enough men. He did not send just enough help. He didn't send just enough power. He sent more than enough. And I'm telling you in this house today, there's more than enough power to get you out of your pit. There's more than enough power to break that yoke of addiction and break that yoke of bondage. There's more than enough power to heal you of your sickness. There's more than enough power to deliver you out of that pit and pull you out of that mud. It's the anointing and the anointing is here. He did the king in his servant and I am a servant of the king. I am an ambassador of the king of I went through a season when I lost my passion for God. 
I lost my desire for his word. I lost my desire to be in church. I lost my desire for prayer. Everything that had to do with God. I had no passion. I had no desire. I had no hunger. And I was filling up with junk. I was watching TV. I was watching garbage on TV that no Christian should watch. And I was letting it get into my spirit and in my mind and my heart. And my conscience was getting dirty. And it was getting dirty. And I was watching things that Christians shouldn't watch. But I was telling myself, it's okay because he set me free. He set me free. I'm not in bondage to no man. I am not under the law. I'm under grace. And so I just tell myself, this is okay because he set me free. Now I can do anything I want. And I'm going to tell you something. You can do anything you want. It'll take you into bondage. It'll bring you into bondage and captivity and slavery to the devil. And he he, he started putting this putting these threads around me and they got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until all my desire for God was gone. And one day I realized that I was watching stuff that five years before that I wouldn't even, wouldn't even let it come across my screen. And I said, God, something's wrong with me. Something happened. I said, God, my conscience, my conscience isn't convicting me anymore. My conscience isn't telling me and warning me anymore. I'm feeling cold in my soul. I'm feeling, I'm feeling distant from you, God. I don't feel you. I felt, I, I lied to myself. I deceived myself. I said, I'm okay. I said, I can do this. It won't affect me in a negative way, but it has affected me in a negative way. And I don't even, I don't even have a desire for you anymore. But if you had asked me, I would have told you, I'm okay. If you had asked me, I would have told you. I'm a Christian. You know, we have a real loose interpretation many times of what a Christian is. But in reality, I was stuck. I was stuck. And when I began to cry out to God, I threw my hands up. And when I threw my hands up, He sent 30 men. (laughs) And I don't mean physical men. I mean spiritually. He sent the power of the Holy Spirit to take a hold of my hands and extract me from that pit. And he pulled me up out of that pit. I felt like David. David said he pulled me up out of a horrible pit. He established my feet. He put my feet upon the rock and he established my bones. And I can tell you this. God did something for me. When he pulled me up out of that pit, he did something for me. He purified my conscience. He purified my conscience. He gave me back my conscience. He gave me back that tenderness of conscience. He gave me back that sensitivity of conscience of the Spirit. And I have never went back. Lift your hands all over this house. Come on, lift your hands. Those watching by Facebook, lift your hands. Lift your hands. We're going to pray right now. There's an anointing for extraction. There's an anointing for extraction. There's an anointing for coming out of the mud. There's an anointing for getting unstuck. There's an anointing for getting out of that difficult place. Father, in the name of... Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voice. Father, in the name of Jesus. 
I decree and declare on the authority of this word that I have just delivered, Lord, as I have heard your voice, heard your word, spoke your word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, it's not by might or by power, but by my spirit. Lord, I am not the miracle worker, I am not the healer, I am not the deliverer, but I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I release the anointing now, I release the anointing now, I release the anointing to unstick your people, I release the anointing for divine extractions. And I decree anything and everything that has impeded your progress, anything and everything that has wrapped itself around your legs and wrapped itself around your mind, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that you are loose now. You are loose now. You are loose now. You are loose now. Go free in Jesus' name. I command. And you come out of that pit. Come out of that place. Come out of that darkness. Come out of that confusion. Come out of that fear. Come out of that worry. Come out of that sickness. Come out. Come out of that depression. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out of that worldliness. Come out of that ungodliness. Come out of that affair. Come out of that affair. Come out of that abuse. God wants us free. He wants us free. 
to move on, to move on, to go forward in freedom. I'm free, so free. I in the Spirit, and the Spirit in me, I'm rejoicing.
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Kilo Hoshana. I feel freedom in this house. I feel freedom in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe that you're free today? Somebody give the Lord a good shout of praise in the house. I'm free. Free indeed. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Five o'clock we have our next service. Praise God.